Hello and welcome to another episode of Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics related to movies, TV, games, whatever. I am Jordan, with me is Luke. How are you, Luke? I am well, Jordan. Hello, everyone. We got a lot of stuff to talk about uh, today, so, you know, I know we're a lot of uh, news and what we watch and slash playing, but I gotta ask, have you been seeing any gotta of, Gotta cut like, the flim flam. Gotta cl- cut a little bit of the flim flam. Have you been seeing any of the uh, videos circulating online of people showing off their uh, Apple Vision Pros? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know I'm a sucker for that stuff. Yeah. What 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 are you a sucker for? Tell me your thoughts on what you've been seeing. Uh, I always... One of my favorite guys is Marquez Brownlee oh, yeah. on YouTube. Absolutely. He, uh, you know, I mean, obviously he's super successful, so anybody who watches his videos knows... I'm not the first one to say he does a really good job, but I don't know. He has a, a pretty simple way of doing it that I think I appreciate, and I, I think a lot of people appreciate it. Like, he doesn't... He he puts a lot of money into, like, his cameras and setup, but the actual video is pretty simple. It's, like, him just, like, kind of just in a, in a pretty elegant way, which is what I think people really like about him. Like, he has a way of expressing his feelings well, which I think... A lot of people struggle with. I mean, you and I, obviously, that's what we do every time we come on here. We try to express ourselves in an eloquent way that and struggle um, with it. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> explains, uh, yeah, that yeah, definitely. And it, and it, you know, trying to do it, it makes you appreciate people who do it well and are super successful at it. But um, yeah, he he does that that part very well, and I uh, I think he's made several videos, but I only watched the first one where he said like, what is what is it like to use the vision pro and it was good i watched a little bit of the casey neistat where he's going crazy going around new york which is always kind of his motif on youtube is going around new york do some silly thing on the streets of new york it's his favorite thing to do something that's eye-catching and (laughs) helps him go viral which uh, i mean i think he was up to like five million last i saw in, in just a few days which is very impressive but yeah i mean there's been a big lead up to this the vision pro coming out for a while and you know being somebody who follows the apple products a lot i've definitely been paying attention um it's interesting i don't know you know is it going to be the future i mean that's kind of the big biggest part of the conversation is it going to be a big you know tech revolution is it going to be the next iphone i mean that's what everybody always talks about right anytime there's a new tech gadget and obviously apple and many other companies are trying to replace the iphone because everybody wants that you know that's like the gold mine of the 2020s is you know phones and and finding the next thing to replace the the smartphones or whatever they're called now it used to be smartphones but smartphones was coined in like what like 2003 or something so i feel so old even saying the word smartphone <laughs> so silly Jeez, I mean, it's, it's really just a computer <laughs> in your pocket um but yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, is it's, it's going to be a thing where people are going to have to figure out, is this just something that's really, really, really neat? Or is it something like yeah. how the iPhone's become where it's cha- it literally changes your life? Yeah. You know what I mean? It changes exactly. the way you go about your day-to-day life. Will exactly. this be that? Or and it would be it... so hard to find that thing, right, that would do that again. 
Right. Absolutely. Because honestly, there's just not a lot of holes left is what I always say. It's like how yeah. many things are left in our lives that need technology interjected into them? I think of so many products I've seen, like there were these really cool shoes that I was like, you know, that would be pretty neat where they you just put your shoe right into this like frame and it basically turns it into skates. But like they were kind of different because uh. you just walked normally, but it just sped your walking up. What? So it was like you were float walking. So like you walk at like two miles an hour, maybe three miles an hour, and it could get you up to like seven. That's weird. So it like significantly, you know, your normal walk, but it made your range a lot further. You got places a lot faster, but you had the super control where you just stop walking and you stop. Nobody has to like learn how to do it. It's just walking. And that's awesome. That's but crazy. So unnecessary. And a lot of people, or 99% of people, not just a lot of people, everyone is going to say, that's awesome. I'm never going to buy that. Right. Because it's just like, it, it fills a need that people don't really have. They just, oh, that would be convenient. And there's so many products like that that I've seen. And yeah, I hate to say it. I just, like I said, how many holes are there left? Right. And, you know, especially with like the price point, I think people are willing yeah, to like absolutely. jump into something a little unnecessary, but cool. If it's like reasonable as far as like something that they could be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I could spend that money. But when it's something where it's like, holy crap, and it's like super boutique, like this is being really, really, really cool. Just, you know, you have to have some sort of reason unless you have like just really yeah. or, or just the means which I feel like at that price point that it's at are not a lot of people to be like, yeah, I can just, you know, just do that, you know, out of nowhere, just because, you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, that's not really even a middle class thing or lower middle class or whatever it even is. But that being said, I keep bombarding Amber with videos. Look, 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 like, look, like she doesn't give a crap, but like I'll show her and it's like they got that one. There's one video where the guy's like in his car. He's not driving. He's a passenger and his wife yep. driving or something. And then like you see, it, he's like, oh, yeah, he's using his windows. And then all of a sudden it like expands his entire view. And it's like a snowy field or something all around him with those windows in there. I'm like, oh, my yep. God. And he's just in the car. That's. It's just crazy. And the guy who's like walking around his house and he's like showing you where all his windows are located. Like, oh yeah, my movie screen's over there. This is my web browser. This is sports stuff over here. And it's like, yep. holy crap, that's so cool. So yep. freaking cool. But that again, that's the thing. Cool. But you know, uh, but who knows? I mean, I feel like when the iPhone came out, there was a little bit of that. Didn't it feel like there was a little bit of that at first where it's like, yeah, it's cool. But then it became, it like evolved into being necessary almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think what, what they've been talking about on the podcast that I've been listening to is that the thought is that they, they got to a point where, you know, Apple doesn't do beta testing out in the wild. And so they really just needed to ship. And, and Steve Jobs always had this philosophy where he said, you know, great, great engineers or whatever it's it's very eloquent the way he said it but it was basically like you know people who invent things are great but great businessmen ship or something like that basically the, the point was at some point you have to ship you can't just have it sit in the warehouse you know in the in the lab and tinker and tinker and forever you have to at some point say okay it's close enough ship it see how people react yeah 
And I think I think the best summary of kind of what it is now is it's like it's a future product, but with today's technology. And I think that's that's about right. I don't think it answers the question whether or not people will really want it. Um, and that's the thing. Like you have to have attention. You have to have people buying it. You have to have people wanting it. You have to have this desire to then innovate to make the next thing and the next thing. And Apple's, you know, for a long time now never failed in that they've always gotten people whether it's the watch or the ipad or the phone to support things long enough for them to evolve and get really good till you get like you know the ipad pro or you get the apple watch ultra which is like the ultimate version of those things um so you know after seeing the initial reaction you know it gets me excited in my tech side of me to say you know i think I think this has a future. I think it, you know, it's it's just exciting to see, hear someone like you getting excited about it, which is cool because you know, I've you know I kind of knew what was coming from the moment it was first announced, and and it sounded cool. But there's definitely been a side of me that's just like I, I have not as excited as I was years ago when you and I have talked about VR for a long time. I just when the when the rubber hit the road, and I used it and I interacted with it. I figured out pretty quickly it's not something I really want to spend much money on. Mm. I just I don't have a lot of use in my life for it. I think it's cool. You know, I I bought the most expensive watch. Like that I use a lot. It's like to me that is a super motivator for me to work out and and, and see how I'm doing like calorie wise and I can track my heartbeat and you know, uh, oh, as I'm getting more fit, I'm lowering my heartbeat and you can see the average heartbeat lowering. And it's like that kind of stuff gets me excited and it's like I have reason why i use that every day and i love the like there's like the hiking feature we can like set the waypoint that can show you your way out if you don't have cell signal that stuff's cool you know some of it's maybe unnecessary and maybe i won't use it very often but that kind of stuff it's like it's at least pertinent enough to my life that i i find it useful but but i see something like this and and my reaction is that's awesome but i just i just don't i don't see myself ever using it um I could see maybe if I was in a different situation where I was doing work from home, maybe I would enjoy the idea of getting some of that work done inside the headset. That that may be different. Mm. Um, but I don't ever see taking it out of the house. I just think that's silly. I think it's just YouTube culture, you know, people trying yeah. to get attention kind of stuff. But, you know, for me, like if I was a reviewer, my main thing would be like, what is the everyday use for the everyday consumer? Like that would be my angle because I think that's the most interesting thing about technology because – in the end, you know, these flashes in the pan are just that. They're flashes in the pan. They get forgotten. But the cool products really are the ones that change the market, like you were saying, like iPhone and, you know, just laptops. And, and anyways, just things like the mouse, how it, like, changed the interface of computers. But I don't know. I just – I still – I think this is the coolest version of what we have so far, but I still think it's a product category that doesn't have – a lot of future. I think the ultimate version, if you go to the ultimate evolution of this, right, which is what they've been talking about in the podcast, it would be you have regular glasses like people have and they have the electronics in them and then they are able to synthesize information and put it in front of you when you need it. That's cool. But honestly, as somebody who doesn't wear glasses, I still wouldn't wear them because I don't want to wear glasses because I just don't like wearing glasses. I wear glasses if I need them for the sun. But other than that, I enjoy not having to wear glasses, you know, mm, I enjoy yeah. not having to wear contacts, not having to put anything in my eyes. I just don't want stuff in front of my eyes unless it has a really, you know, good purpose like blocking the sun. But otherwise, I just 
I don't like that. I just don't want things on my face. Right, so, right. For that reason, at least for me, I just don't see any future in it. Even if it was amazing future tech with micro tiny chips and, you know, crazy batteries, you know. So that's how I kind of think about it. Like the most far, far out. Is it still something I want? No, not really. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's going to be interesting to see. Like, it's one of those things where when it came to the iPod or the i sorry, the, um, iPhone, I I knew like a handful of people who had that first one. It was you, you were an early adopter. You had the first one and then like a couple other people. But, you know, with this, it's going to be interesting to be like, do you know anybody with that? And, you know, to see if you like, because that's a big thing, you know, when the price is pretty outrageous, it's crazy. You know, when it comes to something like that and something that you carry around that, you know, you're, you're I feel like I will have anxiety like all the time, like walking around the street. Are you kidding me? No way. Yeah. Um, but anyway, a normal person has to have a really good reason to spend that. Absolutely. Kind of money. It's like, could I? Yeah. These YouTubers there... make the money back so fast, right? So Just with the attention. So. Yeah. With that one video they post, it's back yeah. tenfold. Um, yeah. yeah, we could, you know, go on and on. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see if it evolves and if it does, how, but Anywho, I, I I was just getting a kick all of all these videos. Like all all that being said, I'm all like, oh my god, that's so cool. I would never buy this, mainly because of the price. If it well, honestly though, but if something like that, say this is crazy. I mean, it, it, like you never know what technology will do. If there's something like that was like three hundred dollars, which is you know uh, the. Well, so far I would off. think the next one's going to be a thousand. That that would be my guess. That is way more reasonable. And if it will, yeah, because that's I mean, a like, pro. You know, it right. says pro. So something like like if it's a thousand dollars and under, that becomes I think more of a conversation for most people. I think like at that point we will start hearing about people who who have one or a bunch. Who knows? Anywho, Luke, what we've been watching slash playing slash listening to. I've got a really cool cover that I think you'll like by this band called Def Havana. Oh. Havana. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's a, if I could turn back time. Oh. It's, a, it's a really cool rendition of it. I had not heard of this band before. And I don't even remember how I got a hold of this, but I think I probably just looked up if I could turn back time, the original, and was like, oh, what's this version? Huh? They, do they usually do? Is it like a, one of those bands that like do a lot of covers, or just happens to have? <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, right. my friend. Okay, that's all I've listened to them. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like it. No. Yeah. But I'll look up that. That might be my portal into it. Death. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I might have to listen to some more of these guys. They sound cool. Cool. Um, I've listened to not not too much new, but I will shout out the latest uh, Justin Timberlake song. It's good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah, I agree. I've listened to it Selfish. more, and it's, it's I, I've I've started to enjoy it more the more times I listen to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's, good. it's a little more old school, um, old school JT. I feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which you know, after uh, Man of the Woods, I feel like that's uh, that's a good thing. You yeah. know, because Man of the Woods was great. I really love Man of the Woods, but where where do you? It's one of those questions. Like, where do you go from there? Do you keep with that or? You kind of go back to basics. You can't you know? go up. Okay. You breach the mountaintop. <laughs> breach the mountaintop. That's what you mean. Yeah, that's what, that's you what mean. I mean. Of course. It was so perfect. So perfect. 
He said a lot of good stuff, though. I mean, absolutely, and I like. Sure, everyone varies in their opinions, but but I enjoyed a lot of his albums. Absolutely, they're not just for the ladies. No, I don't think so at all, Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Or even watching slash playing, man. Um, so let's see, quite a bit because I haven't been able to talk to him. We we actually recorded last week. We tried to. No, we talked together yeah. last week. We had a uh, we had trouble recording. Um but anyways, Jordan's got it figured out. Um Jordan's our tech our tech department on this one. Not a good spot to be in, is it? <laughs> <laughs> so I've watched some movies and I have I've watched a game I'd like to talk about. Um Self Reliance is a movie I watched. It's a Jake Jake Johnson. Yeah, Jake Johnson um film i think he wrote directed and starred in it so it's it's a definitely a jake johnson joint um i think it's a hulu exclusive um it's a fun movie it's you know it's there's almost i almost wish there was like a category for us because i think there's a lot of movies that we've seen over the years especially that fall into this category where it's like is it a great movie no but is it a bad movie? Definitely not. You know, it's like, it's an enjoyable movie you watch. I think of something like Vacation Friends. I remember that movie fell in that category for me. Jeez. It was like, this movie's fine. You know, I enjoyed this movie. I laughed. There's a lot of comedies that fall into that where it's like, is this a great comedy? No, but, and this is kind of that. It's it's a thriller, but it's mostly just a comedy. It's very lighthearted. Um, the premise which is kind of fun, is this guy kind of in this rut, lives in his mom's house, broke up with his longtime girlfriend, just doesn't have a lot going on in his life. Mm -hmm. He gets approached by this strange, shadowy group and says he's going to be on this TV show where these ninja cameramen will follow me. Basically, you'll never know that the cameras are there. So... (laughs) Somehow they're recording you with micro cameras, whatever baloney that is. <laughs> and these other people will be hunting you and trying to kill you. And you just have to survive for a month and then you you win a million dollars. And the little catch that they say is they can't they won't let any harm to come in, to anyone else. So they will wait until you're alone. So he's like, Well, that's the loophole. Just have to stay near somebody huh. for the whole thirty days. And he has to be like close like within 10 feet of someone else so it's like he always has to be like right next to somebody so huh that sounds kind of fun madness ensues because of that so yeah it's pretty funny it's a unique premise it's got like a bunch of like small parts for big people like uh andy sandberg's in it but he has this like tiny little role um who else was in it um I guess maybe they don't list it because they wanted it to be a surprise. But yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Where did you watch it? Hulu. I think it's Hulu only. Okay. I think it's like made for Hulu kind of thing. Cool. Um, I watched. So this has been two weeks ago. I watched this like I think maybe the next day after we recorded the previous episode. Um, it was Anatomy of the Fall of a Fall, and that's you know. Oscar nominated movie and I I think Sandra Huller we actually I think you and I looked it up she's actually nominated for two different Oscars really? I believe this year for uh was it Triangle of Sadness 
I think. The Triangle of Sadness was last year, so I guess it's just two years in a row. Unless you're oh, thinking th- of another movie. No, not Triangle of Sadness. The the one um, that's about the Nazi camp. Remember, mm-hmm. we were talking about yeah, it yeah, last yeah. week when um, we didn't record. I still can't but, remember the name, but I, I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I think she's starring or co-starring whatever in that that movie as well but um zone of interest yeah sandra i i say her name first because i mean she's she's like she's everything in this movie um this is it's interesting that this isn't a foreign language film um because i would say it's probably 70 percent in french maybe i don't know there's like it's kind of like a, a mix of a lot of English being spoken, but then there's a trial, which I don't think that's giving anything away. Um, and during the trial, there's like so much French because it's a it's a trend, you know, French tri- tribunal, I guess is what they call it. Um, so, yeah, you never know how much to you know say, how much to give away. Um, I mean, on the poster, you can see the man <laughs> has fallen, and obviously from the title. So uh, this this lady's husband falls to his death, basically. is, mm-hmm. is That basically wraps up the entire movie. And, um, yeah, uh, obviously the what happened, you know, Anatomy of the Fall, is, is what the, the whole investigation's about. And you really get to know all these characters and you dive deep into conversations and it's the movie. It just, it's one of those kind of movies that just builds and builds and, and, and you get more information and it becomes more emotional and you know what I'm saying? It's like this whole thing. It's like you're putting all the parts of, of this cake together and then you bake it and it kind of comes together at the end. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a very well made movie. Um, it's not a movie that I would say I. I don't know. It, it, it's a movie movie. It's. I don't know. I didn't walk away from this movie going, "Wow, you know, I really enjoyed my time." I, I walked away from it going, "You know, that was that was a very well put together movie." Uh, I, I thought the, the way the director put the scenes together was was very interesting, um, but. In the end, I, I always have a distaste for movies that just bring so much sadness and never really give much happiness. And yeah, I, that's kind of how I felt. It was like there wasn't a lot of, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of resolution. There was, it was kind of kind of tough. You know, it was just there was a lot of reasons to just feel for these characters which which is one of the high points i think you know a lot of the characters had a lot of depth to them and a lot of that got explored her her son in the movie is uh is very well played daniel was his character Mm -hmm. it's interesting this i guess this kid has not done much he doesn't even have his picture on on the imdb page he's looks like he's been in some other french stuff but uh he did a great job he he played a, a deaf character in the movie and or no sorry blind blind yeah but just just incredible just did a great job I I, I wish he was getting some recognition for his role as well um, but mm. but yeah the acting was was wonderful so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can certainly see why this is nominated. I, I think it's it's not out of place in in the list of movies. Um, but like I said, you know, cinema is so subjective, and <laughs> there's there's so many so many reasons why you know one person likes a movie more than another person, and none of those reasons really make the movie any less good. It just it just means you know when the Academy comes together and all the votes are tallied. I I don't know that a movie like this would get all the votes just because I think there'd be enough people that would kind of feel my same way where it's like, I like I had some happiness and some like some, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, I think I'm, I kind of made my position clear, but uh, yeah, very, very good movie. Um, Looking forward to seeing to it. Say. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um, so the next one is killers of the flower moon. Um, definitely wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I, I actually I kind of did a little bit of what you said, and <laughs> I took three different sittings to finish this movie. Uh, I I really didn't think I was going to have to come back for the third one, but I had maybe twenty thirty minutes left. <laughs> yeah, so I hate, I think I did like it, but... two hours, and then you know an hour each of the first times, and then and then a half hour for the last part, or or no, th- it was three hours, right? It was over three hours. So. Yeah, a little bit over three hours. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking two and a half, but yeah, it's like three. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. I actually, I actually really like this movie a lot. Um, it, it's funny comparing this to the the last Scorsese, The Irishman, where I came away saying like a little bit of a yawn for me. Just a lot of, I thought, uninteresting dialogue that just, I don't know. I never got involved with that story. Whereas this one. I don't know. From the get-go, I just I love the character development. I really, I really enjoyed like watching Leonardo. I mean, all of it. There was a lot of sadness in this movie, certainly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this, this is no, this is no uplifting story. No, um, but I don't know. I like the way it was told. There was something fun about the way it was told, and I felt like you got to know everyone really well. And I don't know. I just liked the perspective of it. It just. I thought it was kind of cool to be able to like see all sides of what was happening and you can kind of make up your own mind about what you think. And, you know, I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I'm so sure I'll, you have things to say. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw this one too. Um, similarly, I think it was excellent. I think it was very good. I feel like it's interesting as you talk about film being subjective, it's more like a lot of like feeling, the feelings that you have, even that, you know, one thing about quality and then the the feeling that you have when you watch a movie obviously varies from person to person. It's like, I got like, I can watch movies that are very sad, very depressing. And it, and it kind of let it sometimes just bounce off me being like, Oh yeah, it was wonderful. And you know, it doesn't really bring me down too much, but then every now and then there's ones that do. And for some reason this one, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I just felt so bad for like some of the characters, like, uh, like Lily Gladstone's character, yep. I'm not gonna give anything away, but it's like I spent so much of the movie, like feeling bad for her, being up, like upset at like some of the other characters, being like, oh my gosh, you guys are dirt bags, you know what I mean? Um, but that being said, everything was so well crafted. You, you were know? right to feel that. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. <laughs> but I, you know, I enjoyed the performances. The I'll say De Niro. Honestly, it's like De Niro, like he's obviously good, right? But like it is like several like last like decade or so of movies where he's been great. 
but I don't know. I think this one's like been one of his best ones in a long time. I mean, I feel like one, he's doing something that he doesn't normally do. I feel like, you know, I mean, he's technically almost like a mobster type character in this movie. Um, oh yeah. But, Oh yeah. His the, the way he's characterized as yeah. like almost like a, a, a teddy bear disguised like murderer basic oh, in, yeah. in a way yeah. you know and yeah that's something that you don't see like and most of the times when he's a mean yeah. crazy murderer that's who you get that's what you see but with this i feel like yeah. he stretched himself it's so late in his career and props to that because he he was he was excellent in this movie and so you know everyone was excellent really lily gladstone was fantastic she had a lot to do um dramatically that's like you don't have like those big giant performances like when you see like the and the nomination go is for lily gladstone they show the clip like you see the clip and you're like it's not you know the one of someone screaming getting all dramatic it's going to be something a little bit more subdued because they're those are the really i was thinking about that when i watched it i think there's one that i was like yeah, this would be a good one. <laughs> yeah, you always do that, right? You're like, what's going to be the thing they show? But there's a, it's one of those performances where there's just like a lot. It's the behind the eyes things where your your uh, countenance changes ever so slightly. That's some difficult acting to do, and she pulled it off really yeah. well. Yeah. I came away saying, man, you know, because before I was listening to our podcast before we were talking about, um, you know, best actress in a supporting role, I guess. Mm. Yeah, right. She's I'm not, not sure. Starring, so, yeah. Um, man, I don't know. I, you know, I haven't seen all the performances, but I think this would be my vote. My vote would probably be for her. Thought she did a really good job. Yeah, she was I excellent. Think, I think she was given a lot. I think she was given a plateful, and I think she she feasted on it. So, you know, that's that's the way I always judge all these things. It's like how how hard. How hard are they working? You know, what were they given a lot here, and and what did they do with it? And she was given a lot. That was tough. There was a lot of things to that, and and we were talking about you know sadness, and 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 that was a big theme with you know the three the three women in a supporting or act, actresses in the supporting role that I've seen, you know, has been Oppenheimer. Uh, um, I don't think it, nobody was in um, Anatomy of Fall, but. Oppenheimer, what's the other one? The Holdovers and and this mm-hmm. movie. And, yeah. and each each one of those kind of has those same themes where they were all kind of dealing with, with sadness in, in different forms. Uh, but man, Lily, <laughs> she she dealt with her share of it in this movie. Certainly. But yeah, you know, I, excellent. It'd be movie. easy to play it too big, too. You know, that's always a big thing. Absolutely. that That's the thing. Yeah, where you're just like, you have a big moment and you get obviously visibly super upset and just like acting with a capital a you know like that sort of thing yeah this would easily be a role you could do that but no she is a really complex performance (laughs) yeah and leonardo man he (laughs) it's just amazing his commitment like he 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 came off as a completely different person than than you know the the dicaprio that we know and so many other things yes I, I see why Scorsese keeps bringing him back for movies. I mean, that man is just, he's like the multi-tool of actors. He just can fit into any role that you get him. So good. Yeah. So talented. What else you got? 
Um, well, I don't know. I don't even know if I should mention. I started watching Marathon Man last night, and I just, I don't know. I, it was there's something about those '80s movies that are just. Some of them can just be dry, you know, where it's like there's a little bit too much buildup to a lot of this stuff and not enough character development. That's that's a big thing. When you get like far enough into a movie, I, I feel like I need to know who these people are and why I'm rooting for them. And there's was, there were was several characters in there. I was like, I, I don't even I don't even know who you are yet. And all of a sudden you're like, somebody's trying to kill you. It's like, OK, but I don't even know if I should be voting for you to die. Yeah. Or not. So. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's that goes down as one of those movies that everyone raves about, and you know, says one of the great '80s movies. But I don't know. I've it's never just, seen it. Maybe it was just the wrong night or something. But it didn't catch me. I turned it off after a little bit. I'm like, Pass. Eh, rather be doing something else. Um, the other thing I mentioned to you is Power World. I've been I've been playing a lot of Power World. This came out on uh, Steam and Xbox um, Game Pass. And, um, yeah, I didn't really know what to think of it. Didn't think it was really a game for me. Um, it is as much of a Pokemon-like, I think, as a game can get. <laughs> I didn't realize how Pokemon-like this was. And, you know, I've played a limited amount of Pokemon. But um, I would say this is what I've always wanted Pokemon to be. And... I really like this game. Like, I really, really enjoy this game. I, I've i probably at least put 50 hours into it. I've gotten to a point oh, wow. where I'm, like, good enough with the systems that I'm, like, rocking and rolling. Like, I know the controls. I'm jumping in here. And I know I have to do this and then do that. And it's like, I realized last night, I'm like, I finally, I've got this game down. Nice. There's there's a whole system where you set up a base and you use the pals to like build you things and the the ceiling to what you can do is is impressively high especially for the first version of a game. I mean, you go from like them cr- creating like rocks and sticks to them having like an entire manufacturing facility making you guns and like modern technology and computers <laughs> like it's it's like the whole evolution of man kind of version of of yeah of society um That's and cool. then you can go out and do the adventures and yeah i just i i think you would love this game um okay i certainly love this game it's it's rpg it's base building it's adventure it's open world. What I love about it is it has all that open world adventureness to it, but at the same time, it has like objectives for you to go and actually do. So you don't just get lost in this just broad landscape and you're like, well, I have no idea what to do. If you want to go out and do, you know, fun things in the open world, you can, and you can kind of complete tasks and stuff, or you can go to the boss towers. You can, you can go to the dungeons and you can do like, you know, your your Zeldas and you know your Pokemon kind of style things, um, but yeah, it's I I don't know. It's like it's so much of a game that I like I said I I never would have thought I would would be loving it, but it's like I mean it's right up there. I'd probably give it a nine nine and a half. Like I oh, wow. really like this game. There's so many good things and and it plays very well. I I heard one person on IGN saying how the PC versions play so much better and. And, you know, I, I've had a few glitches, but 
they're so far and few between. I, I really don't notice them. Um, and and there's just there's been so many fun moments. It just keeps me wanting to come back and play this game. I the other night there's like these these very large pals. Obviously, you know everyone would assume there's that kind of thing. But there's these there's there's different ones. There's ones in the dungeon as bosses. There's ones that are in the towers that are like full on like Pokemon fights where there's like Pokemon master and, or, you know, it's pal master, pal trainer, I think is what they call them. Um, but then there's these ones where you just happen upon this field and there's just like massive sheep pal or, <laughs> you know, bat pal in a cave or something. And I happened upon this one and I figured out this one way to be up on the rocks where he couldn't quite get me. And I just kept shooting and having my pal like fire until I worked him down. He was a level like 32 and I was a level 15. It was like a huge deal. And then I got him down to like one point of health and then threw and captured him like, yeah. <laughs> Cause then I have him forever. And he's like my guardian. Whenever somebody messes with me, I just, toss him out there and he just obliterates them with his lightning attack and and then i was able to go to the tower and defeat the the boss lady without much trouble i just hid while he did his lightning thing and oh my gosh jordan i just i love it i love it so much it's the first time in a long time i've had a game come out that i've just been so excited about i've been you know call of duty's kind of my my bread and butter halo you know, I've got my three or four shooters and I go back and forth playing and it's so cool to have open world, open world adventures, kind of how I feel like with that base building stuff, kind of, you know, we were talking about how I really enjoy strategy games. So it has that strategy element, but it's very simple. You don't have to put a ton of time into it if you don't want to, mm. but it benefits you a lot because you can come up with these awesome things that like help you in your traversal and in your battles and anyways. There's a lot to say. Play it. We'll come back. We'll talk about it together. And uh, I think we'll both enjoy it. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I want to find space for it. Um, so I, I, I definitely will. It's worth it's worth your time. Cool. What you got going on? Well, I'll start with video games. I mean, I, I talk about finding like space for it because, you know, I'm, I'm in this place right now where it's one of those things where I feel like I need there's a game that I need to beat before another game comes out. Um, so everyone knows I'm in the middle of Baldur's Gate uh, in the middle of um, I think I'm a little bit over the middle at this point. I'm 75 hours in. Um, I keep saying I'm 75 percent uh, through it, too, but I, I don't know if that's gonna flesh out that way if i'm gonna it's gonna get to the point where i beat it at 100 hours i don't know i got to this point where it's uh third the third act and i've gotten to a big city and um i feel really overwhelmed because i'm like the game's like i I felt like when i first started the game i felt pretty overwhelmed in this small area where i'm just like oh my god there's so much to do and interacting with all these people and all these things and figuring out what mission you know whatever the case may be. And now I'm in this city where I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like there's something around every corner. Um, but, um, at the same time, uh, final fantasy seven rebirth is right around the corner. Um, I always knew I was going, I needed to play uh final fantasy seven remake again, uh, before that came out. Cause it's been since right. it came out since I played it. I, you know, need to familiarize myself with it again. I never played the story DLC. Um, and uh, so I need to do that. And so 
Um, at this point, that's kind of what I'm prioritizing. Uh, either way, like the thing is with Baldur's Gate, I play Baldur's Gate the best when I have a big chunk of time to do it. Like, like a big chunk of time. So it's like a weekend game almost. It's like I'm, I'm I've kind of accepted that because like I start, I feel like I. And I play it in like a short burst, like even like 45 minutes. Like I feel like I'll go somewhere, go to a conversation, let that play out, find, go through some dungeon, maybe have one fight, unlock a chest. You know what I mean? It's like I don't feel like I accomplished a lot, even though I did. You know what I mean? Like because mm -hmm. conversations really matter in this game. Um, but either way, I'm still loving it on having a great time with it, but I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to not, it's kind of nice though, to not be in a hurry to beat it, you know, cause it's not going anywhere. Um, I, and a, there's a part of me that doesn't want it to end anyway. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, um, definitely I do have power world uh, downloaded and I have persona three reload downloaded. Um, God, <laughs> so many games that I want to play and yeah, either way, um, uh, looking forward to it. Um, Amber and I are watching Oppenheimer. I got the 4k Blu-ray, uh, like Nolan told me to do. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I'm enjoying it a lot more even the second, uh, second time. I, I really liked it the first time. The second time even better. We got the subtitles on, which is always helpful in a Nolan movie now these days. Uh, and also kind of knowing the <laughs> structure of, of it. Lots of booms and bangs. Lots of booms and bangs and a lot of, just a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of dialogue, a lot of people talking yeah. over each other. You know, sometimes Especially it, in the hearings. The hearings, yeah. It's like it really helps you absorb some of the material more. Um, but And also knowing kind of the structure of the movie, I'm able to, I feel like, digest it a lot, a lot better. Um, but yeah, uh, where this is a movie like you talked about with killers of flower moon where it's, it's taken a few sittings for us to get through it again, just because, you know, we started late and you know, you know how it goes. Um, mm -hmm. all right. Um, uh, another movie, um, we, I saw, um, poor things. I think I yep. mentioned to you that I was going to see that. Yeah. I was very much looking Just forward to it. saw it too it. late for me to see it. Oh, I saw it so late. Yeah, it was 10 o'clock. Um, always interesting seeing a movie alone at that that time. It's just kind of, it's it's just interesting. Like this, the people who are also in the theater with you. I had uh, two young girls, two rows, not young, young, but you know, probably college age. Th that's so pathetic. Youngins. Um, youngins, yeah. A couple rows behind me, one dude with a beard um, towards the front. And I think that was it. Um, this movie, um, I was very much looking forward to seeing it. Um, interested to seeing like what it was. I kind of knew all I knew was very, you know, surreal, had a lot of Frankenstein elements in it. And, uh, and it was a comedy of some sort. <laughs> um, God, it's, it's really hard for me to kind of express my feelings of, for this movie. Cause I'm of two minds. Um, on one end, this movie's fantastic. It's in, like the thing is what I, how I would describe it. What makes it good is uh, other than like the like the elements like visually and acting wise. Other than that, it's funny. 
and it's interesting. I mean, that's the thing about the movie. It's interesting. I was constantly interested, constantly wanted to see where the characters were going to go next and what was happening, even though like the movie was rather long and like there were points where I'm like, oh, the movie's about to end and then it just doesn't. And it kind of goes on for like 15 or 20 more minutes. I was still like, okay, I'm just kind of down to see what this, this character is going to do and like what, you know, what what road she's going to be led down next, you know? And that's great. Um, Emma Stone is fantastic. I mean, like this is a insane role to play. Uh, she has to, there's, it's almost like she has to play five different characters in a way because she starts one way and she just evolves to being something like, you know, she's evolved. Her character just grows and uh, the, just real quick, just see it so you know what kind of the plot is. We're in this surreal world, by the way. It's like almost like it reminds me of like Elseworld, Victorian era, almost, or like even beyond mm. that. Like, because it's not, it's not in any country, it's not in any place. Like, she goes to this one area where it's like a country that we know, but it has like monorails, like these crazy like monorails going, and so it's almost like an Elseworld story in a way, where it feels like it's on Earth too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it gives it almost like this timeless, just cool, surreal vibe to the movie. Um, but the, the the basic plot is. Emma Stone is this character where this uh, scientist brings her back to life in a very unconventional way. It's not quite Frankenstein to where basically what it is, this gets revealed extremely early on in the movie. I'm not spoiling anything where this young pregnant woman who is Emma Stone, she kills herself and the doctor in order to bring her back to life puts the infant's brain in her body. Yeah, baby. It's that kind of movie. Oh boy is right. We are in for a lot. It's this movie is a lot, and uh, and uh, really good. But here's the thing: here, why, why I'm saying I'm two minds of this thing, and this is going. Your mileage may vary on this, but oh my gosh, there is there is a lot of explicit sexual content in this movie. Um, and I don't consider myself extremely prudish, you know, when it comes to stuff. I, you know, Game of Thrones had a lot of that, right? You know, no, I'll, you are not prudish. No, at all. But I was like in the theater, like, dang, there's this where are my pearls? Where are my pearls? So I, I can clutch them. The... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot, like more than I think I've ever seen in any uh, movie. It's almost like they packed all the sex scenes of the entire series of Game of Thrones into one movie. Any movie? Wow. I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and it's almost like a different way. Like, it's the kind of sexual content where it's not like, uh, it's almost circum, it's casual, almost like circumstantial almost. So a lot of it's played for laughs, but it's very much like, uh, I don't think there's a single one where it's like, ooh, this is gonna this is a sex scene. This is gonna be something good for me to see. No, it's uh not like a titillating kind of thing generally. It's like I don't know. I I don't want to spoil anything about the movie, but I'm just gonna say it. that's not the purpose of it. But still, there's a lot. Oh man, <laughs> there's a lot. And so that being said, of all the other things I said about the movie, I still stand by and I think the movie is excellent. But at the same time, holy crap, a lot, too much. Uh, so if, if you're thinking about seeing it, you know, there's your there's your warning to figure out whether or not you want to see the movie or not. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Emma Stone, fantastic. And then, you know what? This guy, um, I forget the guy's name. Uh, he made two other movies that I've seen, um, The Favorite and The Lobster. So I did not right. like The Lobster. Uh, I thought The Lobster was... Yeah, I didn't really either. Uh, for me, it was super inapproachable where I'm just like, I can't connect to really much of anything in this movie. You know what I mean? And so f- for me, it's a huge improvement. Like a lot of, a lot of people like a lot of people like the lobster. I don't, but for me, this is a huge improvement where I'm able to feel like, yeah, I understand the journey these characters are going through and it's a fun ride in a way. And it has a lot of commentary in it. And guess what? You know what I mean? Uh, this like on, it's very, uh, there's a lot of, this movie says a lot, like it's about human nature, you know, cause it's about this, woman who's basically going from baby to adult in kind of like a rapid fashion in a, in, a, in a way mentally. And so it's trying to say a lot about women, a lot about human nature, um, and a lot about like, uh, cultural like norms and like how you act because she's like a baby or whatever. She's trying to figure out what the do's and don'ts. And, uh, it's done in a really interesting way. It's done. It's all well done. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, not, it's not like Barbie where, you know, there's a character that goes out in front of the screen and basically tells you the, the moral of this or not even the moral of the story, but just like whatever, you know, platitudes they're trying to bring forward. This movie like has a really interesting way of delving into various issues and it doesn't, it's well done. I don't know. Like I, 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 all the accolades, I get it, you know, um, but that, that's, that's all I think I have to say about it. Um, we saw a movie together in theaters. I mean, we can kind of fuse if I don't know how you want to do this. Cause I know there's a bunch of news for us to talk about. We can kind of fuse this into that and like just have an elongated talk about how we felt about this movie. I don't know if you want to do spoilers. Yeah. Um, American fiction. We mm-hmm. saw so I was, in theaters. I, was, I was very much looking forward to seeing this. Um, it, was, it was like this and uh, Poor Things were two movies where I'm like, I, I really, um, I don't know. I Even before the movie was nominated, I was like, yeah, I, I really want to see this. This looks interesting. It looks funny. Um, yeah. So uh, go, for, go, you go ahead, Luke. What did you, I've been talking for a while. What did you think of American fiction? Um, I enjoyed it. I, I think, um, it's a very well-made movie. It's definitely, it feels like a movie of somebody who just really knows how to make a movie, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, the structure just worked very well. It, you know, there's a lot of character development where you, like I've said with other movies before this, like in this case, you, you kind of, you understood all these characters. You understood Jeffrey Wright and, early on too, which I think is, is something interesting. It's like I could kind of, I could you know relate to him in a way. I could understand his. It, there, there's sometimes it just takes a little bit of how they react to something, or, or you know how somebody says something about that, or, or you know it, they relate to something that they had said, you know about something that happened in their history. And it's like you just get enough of that right there in the first like ten minutes. That's like okay, I'm on the I'm on the road now with Jeffrey Wright and his and his character, and I understand. Yes where he's kind of at and now I now I can now you can move on to introducing me to his family, his friends, his coworkers and his publicists and all these, you know, people that he's working with and then we can kind of go from there and I uh, thought that was 
that was one of the best things about it to me. It's like I really, like I said, I really related with Jeffrey Wright in a way, even though I, I, I can't I can't relate with being a writer. But it was like I understand being adult, an adult in that situation, trying to figure out how to live in a world that a lot of things don't make sense to you, and you don't, you can't, you can't relate to people on a lot of things, and and you're frustrated because of different, you know, social things that are going on, and I don't know. I felt I felt the whole movie like thinking, man, Jeffrey Wright, like. <laughs> <laughs> he's just he's he's such a, a normal man's man in this this world of confusing and sometimes irritating things that are going on around him and yeah i think that was one of the best things i, I liked about the movie and, yeah. and and like we had said you know i think it was a couple of weeks ago or something like we we're happy for jeffrey Wright to have this this chance to you know possibly win an oscar and he did a great job he just he's just such a I don't know. He's 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 he's. I think for a long time he's fallen into that working actor category where he's he's been put into a lot of roles and he's you know he's just made good money being a good actor. Um, but he's never really. I don't know. Not that not that this is like that crazy of a role, but it's enough of a showcase of look. Here's a good actor in a good dramatic role, just performing well you know what i mean and i i i just i hope he's even someone i could see doing like action or something i i think of like the uh what's the guy who did nobody and was in the uh breaking bad and then in uh better call saul yeah, yeah i think yeah, of him yeah. like uh, like uh like that actor um yeah i'm completely blanking on his name but how he had that like evolution of he got a good role and you know jeffrey wright has had many good roles but i i, I see a lot of potential in him and just the way he is i think even he could be challenged to do even more in the future i i would love to see him in like a, a john wick kind of thing or a nobody role where where he has to like play like an agent or something i don't know i think i think i don't know he's just a cool cat so anyways i kind of got off top, topic but no, I, I agree. Like though. me some Jeffrey Wright. He's a cool guy. Um, but yeah, it's it was it's a very interesting tale. It's it's like there's almost two movies here. Maybe I should let you go before I get into that. No, I mean I think general I, thoughts. General <laughs> thoughts. I, I mean, that. yeah. One, I think I agree with what you're about to say. Wow, there is it is kind of like a tale of two movies. It's interesting yeah. where you could almost have two movies. You know what I mean? It's like you could separate the two things. Which, yeah. you know, I wouldn't do. I'm just saying, like, you could have a movie that's about just a struggling writer reconnecting with his family. Or you can have this yep. situation where it's a movie about this writer who's kind of yeah. has this identity and becomes, like, something to subvert, you know, people's, yeah. you know, views of, you know, him being a black writer. And it's, you could have two yeah. movies there. It's interesting. Exactly. And the movie almost that's feels like it say. sometimes. It exactly. feels like it almost steps into that other movie sometimes which is not a problem i don't yeah. think um but it's almost I, like two snakes like interweaving it's like two two movies that just kind of are very much the same movie together but but at the same time they could be un 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 split apart and and you'd have two full movies you could honestly have that have been the sequel to this there could have been an american fiction too where it's more about his writing and the first movie could have been like establishing him as a family man and dealing with yeah. all that and that could easily have been the sequel so. i think like uh 
it's one of those it's one of those things where I'm glad we uh, we've had maybe a little bit of time between when I saw it and and now because I think after after I saw it I was like man what a I think I was a little higher on it what at like right after I saw it than than I am right now I think I think like and, and like mm-hmm. when I say that I, I was like really high on it I was like that, that was excellent so happy with it now I'm kind of like yeah that was that was very good uh, there are a few things that I have some uh, criticisms over. I think like, um, and I can go into those real quick. I mean, I feel like seeing the trailer to the movie and I saw the trailer for it. Maybe, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard to fault the trailer or whatever, but I feel like I was, you know, I was interested in like what the main, like what's sold as the main plot of the movie. So this, this, whole thing where there's this writer who's trying to their tr- people yeah. are trying to pigeonhole him into being a quote unquote black author and to make more black stories and so he yep. puts on a persona to be like this thuggish character and uh we joked about like malibu's most wanted <laughs> absolutely you know and there that that joke is yeah. is valid and like um and that's the one you come to the movie for right that's the one you come to the movie for but then it kind of like you get a little bit more than you bargain for with the characters yeah. like with the characters there's so much more so much more depth to there's it there's so much more but um and i think i was uh, pre- i was pleasantly surprised by that to where it's like a lot more about this character movie about him and his family and reconnecting and trying to figure out his role and to kind of what it's like to step up to be mm-hmm. like a son and to be a brother and to be, you know, to get close to people and, you yeah. know, and uh, a lot of good heartwarming stuff there. Um, and deal yeah. with dementia. Man. Deal with I de- mean, that yeah. was such a huge part of the movie. These hard things that you're just seen that in my with. own life. So, right. Like, it, could, I know all about that. It's terrible. And like, you see him just get smacked with it. And, and it's like to where it's like, yeah. well, this is unavoidable. And there's no one there to really like save him from it. Really? Like, yep. you know, like I don't want to spoil anything, but all, it, a lot of great stuff that I did not expect. But I, I think where my criticism comes in is when it comes to like the, the other story that has like the commentary and stuff, the stuff that I was kind of expecting. I feel like I got everything that I was expecting. I, I, I don't know if, if you know what I mean, I don't feel yeah. like it, it gave more yeah. than it's, no surprises. Yeah. I felt yeah. and I, and I like a lot of that stuff. Like I'm not saying any of that stuff is, is bad per se. Just the fact that I wish, you know, when you, when you get something, when you were like teased with something like that and then you're like, Oh, and it's going to land in this place where it's really, it does make me think, or it makes me like, just, wow, that's really clever. Or it does something really interesting with it. I feel like not, so much really nothing a little bit more than nothing more than what i was expecting really if, if anything a little under what i was expecting in that yeah. department it feels so, like it plays a little bit of a backseat to to the story about his family it really does and, that, and that's that's not what i was expecting i feel like you know and it and it lands in that way too in the end like towards the end i mean like the not going to give away anything but like they almost make it a point to where it's like yeah this is a movie about a person about a character and about an individual not like some someone grandstanding yeah. about a message yeah. or anything like that which i appreciate but you know all that being said i really did enjoy the movie i enjoyed like the message stuff um and how it was done for what it gave me but it, it a little an under delivered a little bit, but the character stuff over delivered. So you have a really good movie here, um, yeah. but ones that I one that I think could 
have been improved in, in a way. But and I'll also co-sign everything you said about Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have been interested in a in an alternate universe where those two movies are a sequel. You know, a a first version and a sequel. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting how that might play out. I mean, it. it I could be wrong, and it could have been that that just you know waters down the movie too much, and there's not enough there for a single movie with only half of that. So I don't know. Hard to say without seeing somebody edit and make that. But definitely, I mean, definitely a, a solid movie for sure. Yes, a lot of good things there. And like I said, I just it, it just makes me want more parts for Jeffrey Wright. I, I hope this is like a a gateway to, you know, not that he hasn't done plenty in his life, but just. You always need the next thing, right? And I just I right. look forward to him maybe just having some really cool opportunities. Yeah, he's often like a supporting role or like that character that just shows up for a little bit. Yeah. You know, he's rarely like the leading man. And so I, I mm-hmm. feel like he has he's always had the chops to be that. <laughs> so. He was in uh, James Bond. That's right. Yeah. That's Quantum right. of Solace, Casino Royale. Yeah, Felix Leiter. Felix Leiter. That's yeah. right. Oh, yeah. He was in all of them right up until that the last <sighs> one. Yeah, I think yeah, he was in all. Yeah. I think he was in every single one of them in some capacity. Like I'm not sure was he was in Skyfall. He may have skipped Skyfall, but oh uh, yeah, I'm as and I was definitely in no was, time to die. Yeah, he was in every single other one though. And he was uh, Lieutenant James Gordon in the Batman. Oh, of course, yep, that's cool. Honestly, one of the biggest things I've seen him in more recently is Westworld. Oh yeah. He plays a good role in that. In that, that was show. huge for him, I think. Like that was, I think, yeah. one of the ones where it's like people are like, "Ooh, who's this?" He's also in Rustin, right? That uh, what that was nominated for something, hmm. or or maybe it was just leading actor. Coleman Domingo. Anyways, I know that movie's nominated for some some Oscar. Yeah, it is. I don't remember what. I think an acting one. Um, yeah. I don't. Do you do you do we feel like we need to do a like a spoiler thing? Oh, or, on on that, I don't think so. I, I don't think so either. I you know I yeah. think I think we've made our feelings. It's an interesting ending. I'll I'll say that it's just an interesting ending where I almost came away going like, what just happened? <laughs> it made me kind of like question like. They almost made you question there at the end. It's like, what was real and what wasn't real? I feel like they did the... strange. Because it wasn't like that at all through the rest right. of the movie. I, okay, this isn't as bad as the example I'm about to give. But, like, because, like, She-Hulk does something to where it's like, I feel like like they didn't want a conventional ending, but they turned in nothing. You know what I mean? It's almost... It's not yeah. as bad as that. Like, it's not... I think, like, She-Hulk was like, we're not going to do the conventional ending. And then they just were like... I guess we're not really going to have one though, you know? And so it's like, it's not that bad, but it is kind of like, we didn't, we feel like we didn't want to do a conventional ending. So we kind of did a lackadaisical one. You know what I mean? It's a a very strange ending. Definitely. It's like a movie. If you gave all the alternate endings (laughs) to everyone. Right. Right. It's like, here's all the stuff we left on the cutting room floor. Just take it all. Yeah, not as crazy as the end of Clue, but you know, <laughs> Clue. Yeah, Clue. Um, are you hosting? Are you doing a Super Bowl party this uh this year? Um, maybe. Okay, I was 
talking to Bethany and we didn't finish that conversation. Great. Let me know. Um, <laughs> anyways, I'd like to, that's the topic of this, uh, this day's episode. The, uh, the Taylor Swift bowl. Taylor Swift. Oh yeah. She's going to, she's going to be there because she's dating Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's Cause right. she's everywhere right now. I was like, that Usher was performing. Right. Sorry. <laughs> That is who's performing, though, right, Usher? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yep. Cool. Um, so, I, I mean, I thought, you know, obviously talk about the Xbox stuff. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm really just interested to kind of speculate and just talk about it. We don't know anything. We're just two dudes who are just along <laughs> for the ride. We don't really know anything definitive, of course, and... We don't have a lot of knowledge about the, the insiders or anything like that, but it's interesting as all get out. Don't you think? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Interesting. So <laughs> yeah. Um, or maybe I do and I just can't think of it right now. All right. So what, what kind of, it kind of like started this whole story started to bloom over the weekend. Oh, you're talking about all the layoffs. No. Okay. <laughs> That's a different thing. So <laughs> what's being talked about is basically the fact that it started kind of a conversation about them releasing Starfield on PlayStation. And then it turned into a conversation about them releasing like high. No, it started with hi-fi rush and then it went to Starfield. And then there were reports of things like Indiana Jones releasing on PlayStation, then gears of war releasing on PlayStation. It's now it's just Whoa. crazy. And so, we haven't received any like these are coming from like people like insiders, anonymous insiders, and a lot of people are being like, "Yeah, this is this is happening." And uh, all we've gotten from Phil Spencer, we've gotten a tweet that said, "Hey guys, I hear you guys are talking. Next week we have some a business like we're gonna share our business plans with you yeah. about the future of Xbox." Basically, I see that story. I'm looking at all this now, and so I mean. In my eyes, like where I'm at, only some of this is true. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's led yeah. to just rampant Especially when The Verge is writing an article. Like they're pretty. Tom Warren usually doesn't make up stuff. Right, absolutely. And so, like, there's something to this, obviously, regardless of how much and how, you know, what it's going to lead to. Who freaking knows? But obviously, it's like, it's almost like Phil is like, by coming out and saying that, it's like, almost like verifying yes there's some of this is true i'm going to give you a week of rampant speculation <laughs> until we actually say with some validity exactly what uh our plans are um so yeah i mean <laughs> it, it it this could be so many different things right like i feel like it could be like oh either way i feel like it's interesting even at its most minor thing if it's something where it's like yeah Starfield. incredibly interesting <laughs> yeah it's incredibly interesting it could be one thing where it's like if it could be as as small which is still big as yeah there's going to be a, some of our exclusives are going to be coming to playstation maybe a few months or a year after at, you know that's a pretty big deal and as a big as we're doing a lot of publishing now. We're doing a lot of publishing for the other consoles now, meaning that like everything is up for grabs as far as our exclusives. Like that's, 
I think as as big as it goes, right? At this point, at least. It's very interesting. I'm reading the Verge article, and that's crazy. Yeah. I don't even know what to think. I mean, I still I feel like this news is just kind of setting in. And, right. I don't know. I mean, it's like I've I've always said that it's just frustrating that you can't play more games on more consoles. So, you know, I think it's it's cool for Xbox to be truly putting their 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 actions where their mouth has been for a long time. So, I don't know. I mean, my first thought is not negativity towards this. I think it's it'll be interesting for somebody to really mix up the industry like that and I think it'll be even more interesting to see what the response is from the other companies. Of if course. there is one or if they just continue on this business as usual without any just okay, thanks. <laughs> like stealing the kids' food at the at the lunch table and then just moving on. Right. Okay, so I I've several several thoughts on it. I mean, f- one of my first thoughts is is this is is something that's kind of been thrown around a lot. Like we've I think you can go back like years on this podcast and where we talk about something to the effect of is Game Pass coming to Switch. You know what I mean? Like there's been Yeah, and it some came stuff. to Samsung TVs, right? So it was like, okay, right. it seems like that at least is probably destined to come anywhere anybody will be willing to let it happen. Yeah, and it That's could, honestly what I thought was going to be the next shoot to drop. It's going to it's one of those things where it's like I is is there going to be a world where we get like the Master Chief collection on PlayStation? I mean, possibly, but at the same time, it, I think the most we could ever Sounds like probably. But I think when it comes to that, the most we're going to get is streaming. Like uh, like streaming when it comes to that because like they're going to have they would have to develop an entire entire port like they're, they have to port the whole thing over and are they going to get the development team to do that you know what i mean like like newer games like starfield and, been a lot of and layoffs and a lot of tech companies so i don't know i, I wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility right i mean no i mean I, like th- hearing a lot of this it's like anything could happen I, I really do feel like a lot of stuff could happen but it like, may not be as hard as you think really i mean it may be, be that they've they've made these games and it's been around for a long time and you know i don't know maybe you could make it like those games are like you know xbox one xbox 360 xbox one you know i mean the first xbox uh, 360 and and xbox one and it might be possible that you just build them for the equivalent at, you know playstation 3 or mm. something and then and then playstation has to f- figure out a way to let it play on there I, I don't know i don't know what the tech might look like but i mean i sure feel like you'd it want might them, be right you know it might be easier to develop to the adjacent console instead of going up to the you know playstation 5 i can imagine people who never who've never like had an xbox who are like playstation people for like certain like the thing is for any sort of like exclusive to come over like like that there'd be a whole lot of curiosity, you know, for, for people who are like, well, I don't really, yeah. so they kind of want, is it worth that, it? Right? That, that is a big question. Is it worth all is that? It worth it? Yeah. For, for older games specifically for newer games, I think it's probably worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. For older games. I, I don't know. It's like, you know, would it be worth it for us to develop, you know, the old splinter cells? Eh, I don't know. Yeah. Now the new Splinter Cell. That's that's a different story. So, let me. Okay. So this is where 
I think like big picture, like this is like the biggest it could be like as far as the story. And that question is, you know, if they were like, hey, we're do not care about exclusivity on the Xbox anymore. It can all go over there or it can all be up for grabs to whoever. I don't know if there's you know time frame or whatever the case may be. What it eventually what does that mean for the next generation of Xbox consoles? Does that mean that this is it? Yeah, it could. I mean, like Microsoft is not Sega where if, you know, their consoles and working out, they can't afford to just keep making consoles just, you know, to sell the amount that they were selling. You know, if say there were no like exclusives on Xbox anymore and it was all elsewhere, you know, people would have the question and, and that was not the same for Sony and all that stuff. That's still where you can play Spider-Man and Last of Us and so on and so forth. It, at that point, if that remained the same, but all the Xbox stuff was able to migrate over to Sony, the the question would be for the next generation, why would I buy an Xbox? You know what I mean? That would be the question yep. unless there was something, some really big difference. Um, And then like, what would be the incentive? Which would definitely frustrate me because I, for just the controller alone, it's like, that's just my preferred way of gaming. Yeah. Right. And it, that, that would be the biggest thing that if, if that ever happened, that would be the biggest thing to ever come out of this, this speculation. That's like, who knows if that's going to happen? I don't freaking know. Probably not, but that's I'm just frustrated thing. that everybody can't bring out their own consoles and then just everybody profit from everyone else. You know, like I just wish you could sell the consoles and then make all your money off the software and the microtransactions and all that trash. Like PC. You know what I mean? Like, right? I feel like you don't make that much money off the consoles anyways. And so what are you really benefiting? Like if PlayStation brought out all their games on Xbox, all they'd be doing is a bunch of new customers to sell their crap on. So it would be really cool if it's just like, play on what you want. Here's our games. I don't know. Well, I you know what future I foresee? I, I, I talked about this a little bit a couple weeks ago. If this were to happen, I think it would be, I, I talked about what I, just to remind people, what I talked about was this era of video games that I find incredibly interesting where it was, we were leaving the 16 bit era and people were trying to figure crap out to get to like the 32 bit era, basically where PlayStation and, you know, things like, and then 64 were out. But like before then it was like, okay, Nintendo was killing it, but Sega was really trying to figure crap out. And here's all these freaking companies trying to get that spot for second place, trying to be the next Sega, trying to be competitors. Getting their crowbar in there, trying to pry a piece of the pie out. Maybe this is it. Maybe this yeah. is it. Maybe this is it. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, yep. Yeah. And if we're in a world where the only, the, the big three becomes the big two, as far as consoles, we're talking about consoles, of course, because, you know, it, it, I'm just this is all theoretical, of course. I don't even really think this is going to be a reality, but I'm creating this. I'm creating this like hypothetical where if that were to happen, would it is absolutely wild to think about what you just said after how much money Microsoft spent too? I know. Sorry to interrupt you. But no, just no, no. You're thinking you're right. about that. All those billions of dollars. 
That's a weird thought. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a crazy Please thing. Continue. But like, the thing is, though, it's like, regardless of which is your chosen platform at the time, having competition and having someone that you can kind of stand toe to toe with, you know, whatever is it's it's a good thing. I think it was a we. When I talk about my affection for that time period, that time frame, it's because I'm able to look back at it and like look at these games and wow, wasn't it crazy? That was terrible. <laughs> like there was some terrible, terrible things to come out. And you know what? You know when it came to <laughs> some of these consoles that came out, honestly. Okay, so for instance, in the N64, I love the N64. Was the N64 a great console? You know what? No. Like, honestly, looking back at it and being, like, subjective, I love Ocarina of Time. I love Mario 64. I love Star Fox. I love so many of those games. The games that there were, it was not a great video game console. It really wasn't. They did a lot of things to push, I think, the genre forward of video games. But as a console in and of itself, no. Because at the time, you know, they were I think that was one of the worst controllers ever made. One of the worst controllers, I you know. I hated that controller. The, 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 the cartridges just were... It's like PlayStation, I think, at that time, they kind of saw the future clearer than Nintendo did, in a way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously, it's like Nintendo wasn't but Nintendo's really, future's always been weird. <laughs> it has always been weird. And it has kind of always since. I mean, there was that point where the big three emerged when it was the GameCube, PS2, and Xbox. And at that point, there was a lot of crossover. A lot of those games were on each other's con. They all looked pretty similar. It was kind of, you know, it was a unique time, honestly, in the gaming industry and with the, you know, the the three big three, you know, where it's like here similarly powered consoles, you know, and the each one has their exclusives. And then Nintendo kind of branched out after that with the Wii. And then it's been Sony and Microsoft kind of standing next to each other. And uh, if that were to change, because obviously Nintendo is in a way playing a different game, you know, as as uh, Sony and Microsoft in, in a way, it seems they're doing insane. I'm like, I, I, right now, if we were talking about a console war, they're they're doing crazy numbers. But I don't know. This is, yeah, is the, to imagine a time where it's Sony kind of just doing its own thing, and they have the the PS5 or the next console, the PS6, and they could be like, well, we could pretty much make that whatever price we really want. Yeah, that sounds awful. I mean, that's what I said when I heard that Disney had bought Fox. I was like, that's that's like one of the worst things that could possibly happen to this market. Right. It's just true of all this stuff. I mean, it's like if Apple bought Microsoft, it's like that would just be awful. As much as I like Apple, where they bought Samsung, oh, God, <laughs> that would be horrible. Right. It'd just be terrible if these people have no competition. I mean, it's just... No matter who you're a fan of, you should always vote for competition. Absolutely. I'm not sure. You don't want Burger you know? King to be the only fast food restaurant on the corner. God, Believe help me. us. Those burgers would be $35 and it'd be made out of styrofoam. Yeah. And they already are getting up there. But, um, yep. but yeah, I mean, I've brought in this conversation to a place where 
I don't know if there's any grounds for any of this. I don't know what's going to be said, but it's interesting to think of, you know, if, if we are in a point where Microsoft moves more and more into the, the publisher realm, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll be interested to hear what more expert opinions have more insiders have to say. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to think of that. That's strange. Very strange. Um, we'll see what this business meeting happens, right? Yeah, what the see heck? what happens at that. What in the world? It's like, it's so funny, like, in a way to be like, hey, guys, get ready. <laughs> no, I know, I know he was, he was very sterile with it. He wasn't, like, being teasing or anything like that. But, like, in my head, I'm, like, with so much speculation going on out there to be like, hey, guys, do you have one week? <laughs> Go nuts with your podcasts and your articles and your tweets and just try to think. Can you, who's going to figure it out? Who's going to figure it out? Who's going to know to what scale things are changing? <laughs> Whether it's yeah, we'll release a few games or yeah, yeah. Because like I, I've heard someone say this to where it's like you know with when it comes to Xbox and Microsoft, how it's like they're. Uh, almost a couple different entities. You know, we have the gamers like the Phil Spencers and the people on that end. And then the people who are more business oriented on the Microsoft side who are just like, why would we not want to make more money off this game by putting it on another console? You know? Yep. And I mean, the, the layoffs, I think were a sign that there's, you know, you know, I know there was a bunch of excuses made that a lot of it was like, you know, crossover where, you know, some of the departments did the same thing that the Xbox, you know, departments already did um, with Activision. I don't maybe I'm skipping ahead. I think it was like 1900 layoffs, which is like a, I can't remember four, five, six, seven percent somewhere in that percentage of the Activision workforce. So it was, it was a pretty significant amount of people were fired and they said there was some crossover but it's like there's there's already been layoffs at Microsoft there's already yeah. been layoffs at Google there's been layoffs at a lot of these tech companies and i think you know it's just a sign that a lot of these companies are hurting right now and i can see maybe the higher ups above Phil saying hey Phil you know you need to start turning a little bit more of a profit right now because we need to buckle down we need to tighten the belt and this strategy has probably been something that they've been thinking about for a long time and trying to resist and, and trying to play hardball. And, and maybe they said, well, we yeah. can make a lot of money if we did it this way. Bunch of fights happening, happening internally. I imagine, I imagine yeah. there are some yeah. strongly worded, a lot emails. of zealots that are probably like, absolutely not. We're not doing that. And then a lot of financial guys saying, uh, we have to, <laughs> right. You're doing this. We didn't want to say this, yeah. but you're doing this. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. It's a yeah. I mean, this could be either way. This is this is a shift in some in, like how big the shift is. We will see, but I believe there is some sort of shift that's a uh, that's approaching. Man, sounds amazing. like it. Yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know how it's going to happen. How that business meeting? It's probably just going to be an article that comes out. You know, <laughs> it's not going to be like. Coming live from the business yeah. meeting. Phil Spencer. Phil freaking Spencer. They lower him from a rope or something. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I thought we had to talk about it because it's this is wild time. So, 
yeah, I mean, hopefully it's we'll be able to talk about it next week to to some extent. Who knows? Just buckle up, I guess. Buckle your seatbelts. Xbox gaming revenue jumps 49% thanks to Activision Blizzard acquisition. Oh, really? That was seven days ago, but it's just interesting seeing that and then what's going on. It's so crazy. So much news just, has spawned from Xbox over the past like yeah. year and two or two or whatever, where it's just like, holy crap, how many times are we going to have a giant like industry shifting news cycle <laughs> with Xbox? You yeah. Know? You can't say they're sitting on their hands, that's for sure. You certainly can't. Good Lord. Keeping things interesting. Xbox content and service revenue, 61% year over year. Gaming revenue, 49%. That's a huge jump. Is that not enough? I mean, goodness. Wow. What do you <laughs> want? What do you want? I don't know. I love my Xbox, so. Yeah, I me know. too. It's like, it's like the perfect console for me. Like, it just, it has everything I could want. I mean, you know, there's there's some PlayStation games I wish I could play, but I, I've been fully happy with it. I You know, I I had some disappointments about the Xbox One, and there were definitely some exclusives that I missed out on. Um, but I have been very happy with the Series X now, you know, after what we're approaching. what We just passed two years, am I right? Did it come out at the end of 2020? Mm. Or no, 2021? Mm-mm. No, I think it was 2020. I think. I think it was towards like okay. no- November 2020. So three years then. Yeah, wow. it's okay. been longer yeah. than we think, and how it feels. It still feels like we're saying next gen, you know, and stuff like that, all, like casually. I know it's weird how time feels different now. Absolutely, it just still feels so recent that 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 was coming out, but. uh yeah, I've been really happy with the way it looks, and I mean everything loads so much faster than it mm-hmm. used to. That's that's one huge jump, one huge promise. Anyways, we don't have to get into a whole big talk about it, but it just, I would hate to see my Xbox go away. I've I've been a fan for a long time, and I continue to be a fan. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when if like Phil Spencer's gonna come to your house and take your Xbox. <laughs> you he trades you in. He gives you a PlayStation Five. He's like, "I'm gonna do a little oh, switcheroo gosh. real quick here. I'll transfer your... my cold dead hands. It's the only way you're taking this box, <laughs> you guys, Philly boy. Let's put him put up. up your Dukes, Phil. Put ah. up your Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! But man, that'll be crazy. Either way, a lot of people are gonna people are gonna have a lot of stuff to play. Either it's going to be PlayStation people are going to have a lot of Xbox game to play or next generation, a lot of Xbox people are going to have a lot of PlayStation games to play. Yep. <laughs> Either way. Yep. We got our work cut out for us. <laughs> Golly. Well, I guess that settles that episode. We've um, got some interesting things coming. Absolutely. Um, there was a... Um, uh, state of play today for Final Fantasy 7 uh, mm. I didn't watch it I was like no 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 so uh, I, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it comes to games like this I'm like I already know I already know I'm getting it I don't I don't yeah. need any more I'm done you know it's like it, they're all they're gonna do is show me things that I don't want to see You know, I made that mistake with Kingdom Hearts Three. You said you were replaying it, right? That's what you said. I'm yeah, I'm replaying, replaying the old one. No, no, yeah, the one, the, 
the old remake, old, <laughs> the one that's yeah. now old. Yeah, replaying it. Twenty twenty one. Is that right? No, it's older. It's like twenty nineteen, I think. Wow. 2019, 2018, yeah. It's been that long? No, it's 2019. Yeah, for sure, 2019. I remember Jeez. playing it and, like, COVID was happening. Um, yeah. Um, but, but you know, it been that long? a few new things about it. You know, they came out with a next-gen version and also the DLC. And so there's a lot of, you know, newness April. to it for me. Right. Yeah. Dang, right? Intergrade must have been what I was thinking of. That was 2021. Yeah, Intergrade was the yeah. story DLC. Yeah, so, that's probably what I was thinking of. Yeah, um, no, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna play the demo. I, I, I'm not. I I don't play demos for like. They're story coming out with a right demo now. for the new one. There's a demo that was released today. That's strange. They did the state of play, and they're like, and play the demo, and it's like. A lot of this is like the continuation it, so. of the remake, right? Right. Part this two. Part two, baby. Looks great from what I saw. Like, you know, however, it's long like they've kind of, from what I've heard, they like redid it, right? It's like it's like different. Like the story's like reorganized, right? From the old Final Fantasy VII, mm-hmm. it's like a lot different than the old game, right? It's almost like it's. I think the further it goes along, the more it diverges. You know, because like know. I, I I didn't finish the original. It's basically, a whole nother thing, but. Right on the same story. I I never finished the original uh, game, but I I did get past the part where the first you know re- remake stops, and it's such a short such a short like time in the in the original game. It's like four hours, and it's like okay, I'm already past the point where Final Fantasy VII remake ends, <laughs> um, which is a you know like thirty five hour game, um. And yeah, they, there's a lot of stuff added. There's characters that are switched around. It seems that certain characters that died are alive. Um, and just new elements to it. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new stuff, and Is it can only this grow. This the old game, Jordan. What? Let me share my screen for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share, share your screen. Is yes. this the old yes. game? Yes. Oh my god. What console was this on? PlayStation 1. Oh my god, it looks terrible. Yeah, it, it's it's it uh yeah. awful. Yeah, the funny thing is is like at the time I uh, like you know, people were blown away. It makes it a little difficult to play uh now, especially having <laughs> blown away. Yeah, blown away. With that? Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's even worse, you know, like I mean like, like that? Yeah. That looks terrible. Yeah, I look, I know. <laughs> the funny thing is is like how how uh <laughs> the franchise evolved even on the PlayStation <laughs> 1 because I venture to say that like 8 and 9 even look much better than that. And they were on the same console. But Yeah. But yeah, it's wild, isn't it? But it's the most popular most popular one in the whole franchise by far. Yeah, we're looking at screenshots here, guys. Interesting. Yeah, this is now. Look at ones from the new one. It's like holy crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, it just looks lifelike now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's crazy. The game looks so appealing. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's yeah. great. That just looks ridiculous. 
Yeah, I know. Um, it's amazing where they've gone. Look at the particles floating in the air. It's just ridiculous. Final right. Fantasy's always been just insane with the cutscenes. Right. Final Fantasy Seven remake. Like playing it now, it's it's amazing. I I love that game and the fact that like the only thing I really know for sure is that like the the next one like expands as far as its scope and openness. That is extremely exciting to have this kind of game with that yeah. scope. Is you think it's going to look even better? You think um, it'll look as good? I don't know for sure. Again, I haven't looked at it's the a game. lot of years now. It is. Then. I haven't looked at the game like you know any footage from. Uh, re, you know the God. I keep messing up the, the name of it. I keep saying Remind, but that's like a Kingdom Hearts retrograde. Thing. No retrograde. Right? No remake, rebirth. Jeez Louise. Um, I haven't looked at no. images from it in a while, but I imagine it'll look slightly better. But the thing is, it's like how much better do I want it to look? It's just the scope is going to expand. You know what I mean? Like this, the scope of the game will get bigger. You know what I mean? It, it just like, cause this isn't like an open world game, like playing the original, like the game does open up after you get past a certain point point. you have like this bigger area to explore, you know? And so right. if it's that God, like, I don't know, like that game, when it came out on PS4, I was like, this feels next gen. And now on like the next gen, like upgrade, it's like in 60 frames per second. And it's like, yeah, this still feels like a next gen game. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, I don't. Is it going to be a whole new place, whole new city or. Oh, yeah, because you basically you're in the city for the first game and you leave the city. You're basically like, we're leaving the city and you're like oh, out okay. in the in the, the, the wilderness, out in the wilderness. But very exciting. Very can you tell me what movie that is referencing? <laughs> Wilderness. I would no. be so surprised if you can name City that. City Slickers. Long, long trailer. I with don't even... Desi Arnaz. Long, long trailer. I don't think I've ever seen a long, long it, trailer. It's it's got a uh, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. Oh my god! And that was like I don't know how many movies they actually did together. It was basically the Lucille Ball show, but a movie where they get this, this long RV trailer and, and go out and he, he's like, we need to go out there in the wilderness. <laughs> she, she makes fun of the way he says it. And so I, for some reason I've always remembered that. Excellent. Long, long trailer. That's a silly old movie. Fantastic. Luke. He has to learn how to drive this long thing and he gets it stuck and he gets stuck on this mountain and, yeah. Are they playing Lucy and and Yeah, and Rick? basically. Okay, so yeah. they are the I same. I don't think they say that. I don't That's a good question. I they did know. that a lot back in the day where like we'd have the same but characters. But they're the exact same. Yeah, doing yeah. like like you know Walter Matthau and what what the other guy. You know what I mean? They'd like always yeah. be together yeah. playing similar roles but they're different characters. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're talking about stuff. We, we put are. the whatever section at the end. 1954's long, long trailer. Yeah, I guess so. All right. Well, um, <laughs> we'll see you at the Super Bowl party that you may or may not have. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next see week. Ya. Bye. It looks like they're not. It says 